Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire! Welcome to the 2019 inaugural Off Tackle Empire podcast. <laughs> yep, here we are once again, ready to kick off the 2019 season in uh, here in the enclave of Puntland. The this is God's Puntry, the Puntland of America. Uh, we are coming to you live from somewhere in the heartland. Uh, once again, this is Steve Drone, aka Thumbersaurus, along with Andrew Kraszewski, and full complement of Dog Congress with us today. It just punts more. Yes, indeed it does, and you know what? Our Wind Fight Tribe Brewster of the Week is a very special one today. It's water, because damn it, things are going to be different this season. <laughs> this is this is the year. This is the year that we clean up all those mistakes, we're in the best shape of our lives, and we, we, put, out, we put on good weight, we lost bad weight, and you know, so... Whatever numbers you see on the scale reflect positive developments in the offseason. And nobody else improved. Everyone we're seeing around us, they all got shittier. All the good things in their lives are gone. Uh, and, and they failed to improve on any of the bad things. So, things, everything's coming up off Tackle Empire. Yes, indeed. And, of course, we're both... We're all 0-0 zero and zero right now. That's how we, we got the same record at the beginning of the season. Except Miami. Except Miami. And also Arizona. Yikes, what happened to Kevin Sumlin? You remember when his star was about the brightest? Yeah, man. They, they hired him at Texas A&M. They paid him a ton of money. First of all, I don't think they can fire him because of his buyout. He's in kind of the same boat as Gus Malzahn that way. But yeah, you, you think back, is it really, was he really ever always just a product of Johnny Manziel? He can't be because he was considered a hot commodity before oh, he, that. Remember, his Houston team absolutely yeah. curb stomped Penn State in that bowl after winning 12 games, I think, or 11 games in the regular season. Right, he he was kind of the one who brought Houston back into the pro, into the role of this most prominent group of five job, maybe outside of Boise State, but Houston's still the one where coaches come to go somewhere better. So, yeah, Houston was in this <laughs> elite company of, I mean, Houston occupied the UCF tier for a hot second, playing in the same conference, right? And that, you know, when UCF faded the first time uh, after Blake Bortles, Houston took their place uh, with. Um, Oh god, um, Ed Oliver and yeah. and Derek King. Although he is he back this year? I think he is. No, oh, there was a different quarterback that they had, wasn't there? Greg uh, Greg Ward. Greg, Greg Ward. Ward. Yeah. Yep, those folks. Um, All which is to say, goddamn Kevin Sullivan, what the hell happened to you? I mean, there was a time half the Big Ten wanted to hire him. He ends up going to Texas A and We wanted to hire him. We tried to hire him. We threw a bunch of money at him, and he wouldn't take our money. Turns out you dodged a bullet. Imagine that. Yeah. A, a scenario I mean, where we would have been in about the same place that we that we are now, as it turns out. I suppose, but man, it just and this thing in Arizona, like, granted, and it's, it's weird how it happened because, of course, Rich Rod was there. Yeah. And running a conceptually not not an, a conceptually incompatible offense, not the same thing by any means as what Kevin Sumlin does. That but Kevin Sumlin's hiring in Arizona was not. Too different from Lovey Smith's hiring in Illinois in that it was like, oh, this is a weird time to have to hire a coach. And <laughs> but, it, but then, yes, in terms of this is a weird time, they got about as good of an option. Yeah. I mean, his star had definitely fallen. If you're Arizona, you can't have... I mean, Did they even fire him as, or did he just leave? They fired him, right? Richard? 
No, uh, someone at a Did they fire him? They, fired, he, him. they, they fired him. They well, fired him to bring in Jimbo Fisher. Right. That's why I couldn't keep straight. Because I know Fisher left. I just, I, for some reason, I had it in my head that someone did the same thing. We were just like, you can't fire me. I quit. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but no, they definitely got, they fired him before he could quit. Probably because if they if he had quit he wouldn't get that kick ass buyout they had for him because didn't co- didn't hiring Jimbo Fisher cost it cost him, them like nine a, like, figures yeah like like a hundred and fifty million dollars like seventy five million contract. guaranteed to Jimbo wasn't it I think it's more so than the, that I but, mean it was basically like an entire Kyle Field uh, yeah. of money right yeah. like 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 a Kyle Field renovation would have been less costly uh, maybe I because I, that was in nine figures too. Um, so we've, we've wandered pretty far afield. All of which is to tell you, man, if you missed week zero, you missed out. Because it was college football at its best. Former hot commodity coach crashing and burning very vis- visibly on late night TV. Although, But that's enough about Dan Enos. Yeah, that was something else we were talking about before we went on here. Which is, I, for those of you who don't know, Dan Enos was once upon a time a Michigan State assistant. And not like a longtime offensive coordinator. He was a running backs coach. And then... He got the head coach at Central Michigan, which I thought was odd, but they're always kind of... You have to grasp at straws when you're in Mount Pleasant, right? And then he left there for this offensive coordinator job with Brett Bielema, made a couple of decent rushing offenses, and parlayed that into a job with Alabama, and now he's at Miami. Like, Michigan tried to hire him, but then he went to Alabama instead, and now Miami hired him. I'm just thinking back, and I'm like, what career product? What did Dan Enos put on tape? That made him this kind of commodity. So yeah, he's not a podcast because of uh, Miami blowing. I mean, blowing a pretty decent size early lead for an SEC, uh, you know, Miami matchup. I I suppose I don't. I don't recall the game ever being more than a touchdown apart, though. Was it or was it fourteen nothing at one point? Who can say that game lasted? First of all, it felt like a marathon because we are not in midseason shape. Um, contrary to what we said at the open of the podcast, it was a long night to get through that and then the Arizona-Hawaii game after it. But yeah, it, that Miami and Florida well, that's game one of those was things awesome. where you go a little hard, you know, the first time you've been back lifting a certain, you know, lifting upper body after a long layoff. And, and so now you're just thinking, well, oh, geez, you know, I hope I didn't, you know, went a little harder than I meant to, but hopefully I didn't tear anything and I can get back about a week's rest and... And get back and make some gains this time. And so sure enough, uh, quick turnaround because we're going to have to head right into the Big Ten action on Thursday. Why are we voluntarily playing football on Thursday? What are your feelings on that? I want to go back and just mention that, in case anybody missed it, the decisive play in Arizona's loss to Hawaii no. <laughs> was, um, yeah. was Khalil Tate trying to scramble towards the end zone with eight seconds left and being damn run close, down really by close. defensive tackle Manly Williams at the one for game-saving tackle. Out Manly, man. That's a difficult... It, it was close, too, yeah. As, as you said. At the yeah. one. I mean, it was kind of a gang tackle, but you got to feel like without that big boy pulling him back across the line, Khalil Tate may squeak over that line. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it, there were signs that maybe Khalil Tate will be the thrilling self that he was when he exploded onto the scene, but that's kind of the last thing you have to Dug him in a hole going yourself. 0 for 4 with a pick to start. Right, they have to ask yourself about Kevin Sumlin is, like, what happened, why couldn't he make it work with Tate, who is basically just super Johnny Manziel, like... R- Rich Rod's kid, I think, is third on their death chart still. God. <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be so weird? Like if they have in, like injuries or just complete incompetence that he has, he ends up having to play the last coach's kid, like the guy who got fired. So you could. I wonder if anything like that has ever happened. Probably Colorado. Oh my God, that's right, Hawkins. Wasn't Hawkins' kid there after he left? Yes, he was. That's the only thing I can think of like that. And that kind of thing doesn't often happen at this level because, as you know, it's Division One football. It's the Big Twelve. <laughs> Intermurals! So, the other place it's going to happen is Iowa basketball. <laughs> you yes, tell me you, you think Fran's going to be there for all four years of young McCaffrey's eligibility if he stays? I mean, I think he'll stay all four. He doesn't need the money. Oof. Well, you think he's going to be there for one more year? That's hell of a question. He will be because Gary Barta doesn't do anything that makes Iowa fans happy. I think at this point, most of them are about ready to check out. Although, no, i got to take that back because, as we recall, he kind of earned a lot of his cred back with one decent tournament game that seemed to get a lot of people back on board. So i got to take a... I gotta take yet another statement that I said earlier back. We are in midseason form because we haven't even gotten to a Big Ten football game, and yet we're talking about Big Ten basketball on this ostensible football episode of Off Tackle Empire. We are in uh, as opposed peak, to the other peak episodes, condition. We had two basket cast episodes. We've had two seasons of basket cast episodes, sir. Loyal viewers of the program will know that we've never missed a basketball episode in the history of this podcast. Well, we did have the live stream. Uh, we we did have the live stream like a condensed podcast equivalent of a Twitch stream of me watching Illinois <laughs> attempt to choke to UT Martin. <laughs> That's an all time great. How yeah. about how about this? Uh, should we set up guys. a Twitch channel uh, for just me watching Illinois basketball in the non conference uh, as they attempt to choke away every single game? If you had told me 10, 15 years ago that. Twi- that the Twitch economy would exist, I would have th- that would have sounded insane to me. As you're sitting here now telling me that that is a thing that could exist, it sounds insane to me now. I was wrong last time. Why would I not be wrong about the market for you watching Illinois basketball? Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's reaction videos, right? That was a whole thing. There's unboxing videos. That's a whole thing. So um, is, we'll call them unraveling videos. Unraveling oh videos, God. precisely. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So oh, let the hashtag content flow. Um, we're talking about football now. We, I'm, I'm yes. insisting. Let, let, let us know, by the way, we're going to solicit some listener feedback. Let us know what kind of esoteric new age media streams we should try to engage and pivot to now that we're a part of, part of now, now that we're adjacent to the Banner Society Network. I don't. I think they would object to the term adjacent to. I think now that we're in the general vicinity of, <laughs> now that we share a common ancestor with. <laughs> yes. Uh, so fan, fans of Neanderthals are going to want to shout out to us, the Crow Magnons of the college football internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, by all means, if you'd like to see us dig up a legacy vine outlet at some point maybe we can make that work well i mean the uh, only vines that are really worth preserving all came from steve adazio bo burnham but yeah yeah but, uh, but yeah steve adazio talking about dudes very different people but yeah dudes being dudes doing dude things is yeah a lot every, of dudes the most complicated thought steve adazio could have can fit into six seconds so <laughs> in that way he's kind of a great football coach we start on thursday we start with Minnesota. We start with a Dakota school. Is that a good idea? Survey says no. 97 points. That's not to say Minnesota's in any danger of being upset here. Minnesota versus Dakota. 
I don't know why I sang this tune. At least you better not be, because if you do anything other than blow them out by 30, we're going to take all this chirping about the Rose Bowl and we're going to laugh at you. You know what? South Dakota State was actually pretty good last year. The, uh, no. I mean, what? I'm not, look, no. I'm not predicting an upset here. No. I'm not at all. I'm just saying, like, Minnesota never stops on their own deck. Versus what you'd seen from the South Dakota State jacked rabbits in years past. Yeah, I want to say that they were a national semifinalist. Um, Are you sure you're thinking of the right Dakota? Well, no. I mean, obviously I know that North Dakota State, but I was pretty excited about them because they're the Jackrabbits. Well, this calls for an investigation. So, yeah, and here's another piece of feedback that we're soliciting now. Are we in mid-season form? Are we indeed? Are we back? Are are we... Can you you just go ahead and call us Texas? Uh, Off Tackle Empire is back. Let's see. Okay, so... Number five in the coaches pool, second in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but of course they had to share that. Behind the bison. With the bison. So, maybe there's a problem here. Um, look, the, yep, semifinals, they lost to North Dakota State. Okay, so yeah. Respectable. Okay then, um, so look. It, maybe you don't blow them out, but my God, this better never be in doubt. No, it better not. Only reason I can think of that, so the only reason this should be close would be either an injury to your one functional quarterback, or to avoid that, you pull him in, like, the third quarter in a two-score game or something. Like, earlier than is it maybe advisable, but they pull him anyway to be safe. Um, that's the only way I can think of that if there's any excuse for this to be close. If it's Bet not, you miss Vic Viramontes now! Yeah. No, no, you don't. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that no. really not worth elaborating on that, because that if that's not... If that's not a laugher, it's kind of a debacle. Now, about all I'll this, say, about all I'll say is, uh, is uh, you know, whoa, never mind. There's a whole lot of games on Thursday. I was gonna say yeah, everybody's I, gonna be watching. I was gonna say not true this, at all. <laughs> on this Thursday, we're gonna go through an exercise of, of course. I've noticed there's a ton of games this weekend, and a shockingly small amount of them are watchable. I mean, UCLA at yeah. Cincinnati is gonna be like some dumb fun, but I expect UCLA to get their ass kicked. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious, because how did UCLA end up agreeing to go to Cincinnati? And then it just happens to be at, like, like the Chip Kelly returning to college, finding it's not as easy as he remembers. Now he's actually trying, but they're still going to be awful this year. Well, yeah, because Michael Warren is going to run all over them. Uh, We have Wagner at UConn, which should actually be a pretty compelling game. (laughs) Interesting to see if... After basically declaring that they're not going to try at football anymore, how motivated UConn is? <laughs> how do you play? How do they? How do they have anybody who? Do, <laughs> well, they, who, I think they're sitting their quarterback transfer. I don't know. I, who, it's UConn football. Yeah. You're asking me if I know a thing about it? No, I, I'm pretty sure Randy Edsel is still there, just Edsel, just Edseling it up. I mean, is that? Oh, look, my self-preservation instincts are kicking in, and I feel the need to minimize the amount of time that I spend laughing at UConn here. So, moving along to. Sure. There's a conference game, Georgia Tech at Clemson. It's going to be hopeless. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how many points UCF can put up on the Florida A&M Rattlers. I suppose. Um, Halftime show will be dope. But uh, and then the Holy War. That's the game. That's the one. Watching. Yeah, that's the one. Skip Minnesota, even if you're a Minnesota fan, like I said, you shouldn't need to watch. Uh, tune in instead to the Holy War because ten fifteen p.m. Skip work on Friday. It's Labor Day weekend, and <sighs> damn it. We work too much in this country, and we only have one day. That's amazing. Frankly, with as anti-labor as we are now in this country, I can't believe we still have a day. 
I'm well, I'm surprised we haven't just changed the name to Business Day. Business Day. To appreciate the con- contributions of business to American society. Get back to work! Peons. So, Friday is going to have about le- a little less than half the games, which is weird. Yeah, uh, your four, boys four are, Big Ten. Your boys are opening up. That's right. Um, Tulsa coming to East Lansing for it's become a customary Friday before Labor Day game. And, uh, oh, look at that. Michigan State's missing an offensive lineman already. <laughs> this, this can't go well. Um, huh. my, my confidence in the offense being at all better with the best offensive lineman they had now being hurt of, for unclear reasons uh, goes from about a four on a three, but that's on, to a three, but that's on about a 300-point scale. So I'm wondering if this been... right here, I'm wondering if this right here is the ideal time to insert the, uh, the Golden Hurricane outtake that I did, in fact, save. Um, from one of our earlier sessions, um, which involved explaining the uh, the nickname of the, the the origin of the Golden Hurricane nickname, um, it's probably not gonna get in here. But no, I I think I remember what you're talking about. It probably <laughs> probably not should. gonna get in here. They probably should. But yeah, it, <laughs> am I looking forward to this game? Yeah, I want to see what it looks like. A- am I prepared to be enormously disappointed and infuriated by halftime? Yep, I'm. Fully stocked and ready for that. Would you say that the pie chart of reasons you're looking forward to this game is basically 100% because it's Michigan State football and for no other reason? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not because I think it's going to be good football or to watch, fun to watch or, or even because you'll or feel be- any better about the team afterwards. Yeah, or because it's going to inspire hope. None of that shit's making it on the graph at all. It's just, it's a thing where it's just a circle of one color. And it's at the green, same time. go green, baby. That's all I'm in for. <laughs> and at the same time, you've got Wisconsin going to Raymond James Stadium uh, to take on the South Florida Bulls, who, of course, have discovered that Charlie Strong is uh, not much of a game day coach, as we discussed in, in length at length last year. Yeah. And, uh, boy, it, surprisingly so. Remember a few years ago when all these either washed out or, you know, for whatever reason, homeless head coaches who were once well thought of. I'll go to these group of five Florida schools. It was like him and Butch Davis and Lane Kiffin. And I forget the fourth guy. Well, Ron Turner was there for a hot second. Butch Maybe? Jones succeeded him. Maybe. Uh, Ron, Ron Turner succeeded Mario Cristobal, who I still don't know why they fired. Still the most mystifying firing of, of maybe of the last decade. But in any case, all those guys go to Florida... In these second tier schools all at once. It's like, oh shit, shit's about to jump off. And really, UCF is the only one that's taken flight. Yeah, I mean, South Florida rose up, but it had nothing to do with Charlie Strong. It was all Willie Taggart, yeah. who might as well go back to South Florida at this point. He might have the option to. <laughs> well, you're, was... telling me, you're telling me Florida State's not going to can him if he doesn't have results this year? <laughs> you know, after, after he got canned from Illinois... I always thought it would have been funny if Ron Zook specifically took over the South Florida job and just started hoarding South Florida talent <laughs> away from from the, you know the powers that be there and just assembled like the most talented team that can play with Florida and can also lose to UConn. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, that that was my that was my fantasy for Ron Zook's post Illinois career. Uh, it certainly didn't involve the Green Bay Packers. That's certainly not what I was hoping to see happen. You're into some weird shit, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> Speaking of being into some weird shit... UMass and Rutgers, yeah. I mean, a- there's not much else to say about Wisconsin at South Florida other than, like, they got a decided advantage. They should win this game. Well, sure. They 
did. I mean, since we covered them in the preview, they did name their quarterback. It's going to be Jack Cohn. So when it comes to quarterbacks, they're going to have one, as Paul Chris said. Um, whether that's the right choice or not, who knows? But I do think it's – is it easier to go from an upperclassman to a lowerclassman or vice versa? If you're going to make a quarterback switch, I think this is the direction you want to go. I think if you bench the older guy and go with the kid and then try to switch that, you smash the kid's confidence, and the older guy is disgruntled to a lesser extent than this. At least with the freshman, you can tell him, look, kid, you're just not ready. And it's maybe he's ready to hear that. If it's a guy who's a junior and has played and started before, and you're taking the job away from him, it's going to be harder to expect him to be in the right mind frame when you go back to him. So I don't know, that's what, that would be my take on the Wisconsin quarterback situation. Well, well, we, course, again, what we know is... You're going to have guys, and guys are going to do things, and they're going to put in work, and then eventually you're going to get a guy who you think can be the guy. You know what? I, I may have misspoke. There might be some more to, to look at for this Wisconsin game because South Florida still does have the well-traveled Blake Barnett at quarterback, uh, Jordan Cronkright, very productive running back. They've got some offensive talent, and we've expressed some skepticism about Wisconsin's defense. Yeah, we'll see. I, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. We'll see. That could potentially produce a, a bit of an interesting... I mean, Blake Barnett had about the quietest 450-yard passing game you can have against Illinois last year. That's the kind of quarterback he is, is that he just put up a bunch of a bunch of yards and somehow didn't make any good plays. <laughs> Why he doesn't play for Alabama anymore. Yeah. Um, so you mass at Rutgers. Um, boy. This is... Boy. This is the best shot for Rutgers to win a game all year by a wide margin. Can this be a preview of the future when Rutgers is back to, is it independent when we kick them the fuck out because of, God damn, why did we let them in the conference? Because here, they've got, oh God, so so they got Boston College, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Liberty. Yeah. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Not a, This podcast is not sponsored by Liberty Mutual. Yes, yes, give us your cease and desist order, whatever. You'll never find us. We're a podcast. We're in the we're in the ether of the airwaves, man. You okay, can't so you can't serve a broadcast signal. So yeah, you got Liberty, you got Illinois, and those really those are the three chances that Rutgers really has for a win this year. And UMass is the best one. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it, it's at home. It's early in the season, so you're still theoretically reasonably healthy. Although they just oh. had a season-ending injury too to their Jonathan Lewis. Yeah, former the quarterback Chase Crouch of Rutgers. Right. Got and, bent uh, so hard he turned into a tight end. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they needed him to be a tight end. They got one other dude on scholarship right now, and because their year, team captain transferred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, so you, you know, know if if you're a Rutgers fan listening to this, which how could you be given the way we talk about your school? But if you stuck with us, appreciate that. This is the kind of, like, that right there is Rutgers football experience in the Big Ten in a nutshell. Like, last year, if you thought about switching Jonathan Lewis to tight end, if you thought about having Vokalek, if you thought about having Washington for this year, you're like, yeah, man, tight end is going to be good. We're going to be a position of strength. It's going to be consistent security blankets, checkdowns for Sikowski, can help out the run game by having more blockers out there, and it's gone. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what I mean. There, what else can we say about the Chris Ash era at Rutgers anymore, other than like I'm an Illinois fan and I find this pitiful. Like I, I'm not even. I, I'm just in shock. I'm over. I'm like we've made all the jokes. I'm just yeah. shocked at how bleak this is. Yeah. Let's talk about something happier. Purdue at Nevada. I'm looking forward to this. I think it, to the extent that it's possible to have a second team in the conference, I think I'm picking Purdue this year. Because Ron Vidal Moore is going to 
if you assume even normal freshman to sophomore progression, he's going to be a fucking All-American. He, I think he was the first freshman All-American in the Big Ten in some preposterous period of time. I mean, since Bennett Williams in 2017. Is he a freshman All-American? He was well, a freshman All-American. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the first one to not get kicked off the team the next year. Uh, in quite a while. What? Whatever happened to him? Oh, he got kicked off the team, transferred I mean, to a JUCO I mean, in California, and he's got offers from Oregon now, so, uh, you know, good for him for getting kicked off the team. I'd go to California, too, honestly. Yeah, right? he's, well, he's from there. Mm. So, All right, so back to Purdue. But yeah, Rondale Moore, David Bell coming in. Um, it'll be oh, the other guy see. that was a freshman All-American was Mike Dudek. So maybe let's not bring up freshman All-Americans with wide receivers Jesus. that are really talented. Fuck, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> All right, no. That's right. Rondale Moore is... Rondale Moore had plenty of other accolades. Rondale Moore had a wasted freshman season in which he did virtually nothing of note. No reason to look at him, ACL guys. Get the fuck away. God damn. Oh, he goes to Purdue. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, they moved on. They, they, they moved true. on. They're, they they're, exercise. They're, 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 they're hitting us. They're hitting Maryland. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, Ooh, they, got um, it. they got us with Marcus Beeson. Last week. Yeah. And uh, um, too bad two of our cornerbacks left the program. We right. Could usually, we could really use those. But Purdue and Nevada. Um, Purdue. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this because I think the fact that Sindelar was named the quarterback last season was Brom's judgment that he is the best long-term fit for that spot. Now, I give Brom credit also for going away from him as soon as it became apparent. This dude throws way too many interceptions. If he's gotten any better with that, they've got him for two years. They're going to have more and Bell for those two years. Um, the running back situation is a little perilous with Tario Fuller being down. There's been a lot of critical injuries to important guys on Big Ten teams this preseason. It, we just I, Hopefully we get through these last couple days of the offseason without anything else going on. Um, but So they'll, they'll kind of have to sew together a running back rotation. But that's probably the easiest spot on the field to get contributions from true freshmen, from position switches. Um, you have to feel relatively good about their ability to, and then they again we covered this in the offseason review of course all of you listen to that that's not this is not news to you but they do have anchor playmakers at all spots on the defense so I'm I'm high on Purdue I didn't I don't participate in the preseason predictions because I don't care that much but uh, and, and I also I tend to be really bad at them but I think Purdue's got as good a shot as anybody to win the Big Ten West which as we know anybody could win the Big Ten West except Illinois oh so they actually played Nevada, who is coached by one of those Norvells, but the older yeah. one. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing, is their offense coordinator is Matt Mummy, whose uh, who's Wikipedia just, just directs me to Hal Mummy. Right. Um, <laughs> Are they of relation? Yes, but Matt is apparently not prolific enough to have his own Wikipedia. Um, so, that's interesting. Uh, son of uh, the, one of the original Air Raid gurus. The original, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, yeah. Mike Leach's mentor. Right, right. So, so it, could be, it should at least be an interesting game to watch offensively. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time start. It'll keep you up a little bit. But it's Friday. It's Liberty Weekend. Stay up. You're not working tomorrow. And the, uh, other, game of, other game of note on Friday, before, and we've kind of been going through this chronologically, so I'll jump out of conference briefly. Um, Colorado State, Colorado. In-game matchup or in-state matchups like that are always interesting to me. Doesn't quite have the juice it did a couple of years ago. Um, Mike Bobo hasn't really maintained momentum at Colorado State since McIlwain left. But Colorado has LaVisca Chenault, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the country. Tune in, if only to watch him. Yep, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Uh, let's see. Yeah, actually, my... Uh, hmm. In Fort Collins, the home of Colorado State University, my 
My wife received care for a dislocated toe at a Colorado affiliated hospital. Go so, as you can as you can tell, there's a lot of uh, there, there, there's, it's very competitive in there. Um, that being said, Colorado State, like uh, the University of Illinois, has a DP Doe. I don't believe that CU Bo- wait. How could CU Boulder not have a DP Doe? Well, anyway, um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because uh, um, it's. Oh, yeah, it's two Mark Richt assistants going yeah, at each other. Two former, right, yeah. Mel Tucker versus Mike Bobo. Yeah. The offensive coordinator versus the defensive coordinator. Yeah, of course. Who knows what that's going to end up meaning. Tucker hasn't been there long enough to really do what they think he's going to do, which is be a dynamic recruiter. Uh, and then Bobo, well, you know, look, one presumes he's going to at least remember to run the damn ball, right? Oh, oh no, he was not... Bobo was ricked and Tucker was smart, but Tucker was obviously not. Oh right, yeah. Because I was gonna say, didn't uh, didn't the Georgia defensive coordinator go to Georgia Tech? Where did that guy come from? Hmm. Didn't Mel Tucker go to Georgia Tech? No, Mel Tucker was at Georgia. But I mean, after he left. After he left, no, after he left, he went to Colorado. Who's the coach at Georgia Tech right now? Hmm. This is the dead air people tune in for. Because they're thinking about it, too. Nobody knows the answer to this question. Jeff with a G, Collins. Oh, yeah, the Temple guy. The Temple guy. Okay. So I don't know where, you know, I don't know where I come up with these things. Uh, do you smell toast? I smell toast. <clears throat> so, uh, Oklahoma State at Oregon State, a couple of OSUs are also happening. Um, the OSU. Yeah, a couple of orange and black OSUs. So, anyway... Uh, that being said, that brings us to Saturday in the uh, park. I think it was the 4th of July. Before we get to that, though, I do wonder why Oklahoma State and Oregon State. Do you think it really is just because they're both OSUs that wear the same colors? Did they, like, were they, was one of the athletic directors looking at their future schedule and being like, how can I do? I really like our colors. I like our initials, too. What can I do? Well, how can I work that into this? Because it's just a little bit of a funny coincidence, right? I mean, it's a kind of random Power 5 series it's not like it's a, you know, I guess you normally want to schedule teams at your punching weight, and maybe they set this series up back when Oregon State had that brief flash of competence. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, Otherwise, about I don't six understand. years ago. A last of them, Mike longer, Riley. Longer than that, I would think. Um, well, I mean, there's some pretty good pictures from, like, way back when Illinois and Syracuse were wearing the same uniforms, and they played each other in a home-and-home yeah, um, maybe that's just like maybe they just want to like cut down on their laundry bills or something. Or like, of course, we have, we have Wisconsin versus Nebraska as a conference game now. So, well, we have Wisconsin versus Nebraska versus Indiana versus Maryland versus Ohio State and some combinations. Um, None of them are all, quite as good as the uh, Wisconsin Nebraska one, though. Yeah, we're just two Spider Mans pointing at each other. So, to move on to the Big Ten slate on Saturday, again, not a whole lot of compelling football here. Florida Atlantic at Ohio State. Um, are you going to be surprised when their offense looks even more dynamic than it was last year? Because guess what? Their quarterback can run now. Isn't that a fun thing for them to have access to in addition to all the ridiculous riches they have? We just talked about this, on, again, on the review podcast about Ohio State, which was just last week. Uh, if you're predicting a regression, shame on you. You've certainly, certainly you've been burned by this kind of thinking before. Yeah, have you learned nothing? Uh, especially... Even if they're actually a little bit more vulnerable, it's not going to be fucking Florida Atlantic. They're going to win this game by 50. Lane Kiffin would even tell you, no, we're going to get smoked. 
I remember when they asked him about his chances to beat Oklahoma, and he was oh, like, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. we're going to get smoked. I, which, to be honest... Uh, it's kind of endearing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it says about me as a person that as time goes on, I find Lane Kiffin more acceptable. Oh, he's gotten better, hasn't he? He's gotten more self-aware, at least. You know? Sure. He doesn't and seem it, deceitful. Yeah, and if you're going to lean into it like that, then I can, I'll forgive a lot of things, as long as you're willing to, to play along with the joke, which it seems like he is now. So anyway... This game's not going to be close. Devin Singletary was a hell of a player last year, but he gone. Uh, so even if Florida Atlantic has some of those crappy Florida athletes, their guys Ohio State passed over when they went down there and stocked their cupboards. So this game ain't going to be much to watch. South Alabama and Nebraska, probably the same kind of deal. I do think the Nebraska hype train has gotten a little bit out of control, yourself being in, in the locomotive of that very hype train. It's but not this even so much that I think they're going to be great as much as I think that the, the average quality of the teams in the Big Ten West is going to be less than what we've seen from Wisconsin in, like, the past. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the competitive tier. And yeah. I think, you know, I think and I think that anyone could win the Big Ten West except Illinois, so why not Nebraska? I think it's going to come down to Purdue and Iowa, but that game should not be close either. This is also a game where your quarterback is a valuable commodity. He's a fragile commodity. So the... Most interesting balance here is really going to be between getting reps and getting him off the field. Uh, they are starting a freshman running back, apparently Wandale Robinson. So there's going to be some firepower in this Nebraska backfield for the foreseeable future. Still have J.D. Spielman as well. That's, I mean, really? If you think about the rest of the conference, is there a combo you'd rather have quarterback, receiver, running back than those three? Um, let's see. You can make an argument. I mean, obviously Ohio State. Well, I mean Ohio State is the one though. You can't you can't unlock them until you beat the game with every character. Yeah, right. They're 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 Shang Tsung, so you don't yeah. get to. Yeah. I mean, no, actually, I'm, they're they're more like Shen Long, the the joke <laughs> character that you can't actually unlock in Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. So on on paper, yeah, Fields, KJ Hill, J.K. Dobbins. I guess you could argue that, but elsewhere, I don't know, man. I don't think so. Nothing's really coming to mind. No, I don't think so. So, before we move on to the next game, would you care to play a game? Uh, what team do you think? What team do you think has the most expensive, according to ESPN's schedule here, uh, lowest ticket price in the Big Ten? Well, I have it open in front of me as well, so it's not fair. I know what you want me to say, which is Illinois, but you're wrong. The highest? I thought you said. I definitely okay. said highest. But you like the way you, you kept talking though, you said other words. So no, when you when you say highest, no, I don't know. I would have guessed either Nebraska or Ohio State. That's actually Iowa for some reason. Uh playing Miami Hydroxide. Um that being said, of course, the in a, lowest in a night game, no yes. less. They made it a night game. <laughs> that being said, the lowest actually I would say that Rutgers versus UMass is uh, somewhere around the median a little lower than the median, but nineteen dollars. Hey, that's Hey man, Minutemen travel, alright. Yeah. Now, as you as you alluded to, no, Illinois is not in fact the cheapest ticket in oh, the but, Big Ten. But go ahead and week. mention how much it is, because it is worth it's pointing out. Five dollars, which hey, that doesn't surprise me. You know, I go to those games all the time and I I I'm at the point where I rarely think about about whether or not I need a ticket until the morning of the game anymore. Yeah. It'd be weird to me to like be worried about my ticket before I wake up in Champagne. Well, dude, it. However, as, however, 
Maryland versus Howard has tickets available as low as two bucks. I could gather the change out of my cup holder and buy three tickets to the Maryland game. Minus fees, of course, because that's what'll kill you. But man, um, yeah, we'll, we are going to talk a little bit about Illinois and Akron. I'll, I won't deprive you of your chance, but is there? I wonder if there's ever been a lower listed price on ESPN's ticket thing, which I who knows if this is accurate, but taking it at face value for the time being, ha, you see what I did there. Um, I wonder if there's ever been a lower ticket price in a coach's home debut than, uh, granted, it's an FCS game, but Howard at Maryland. $2, man. $2. Yeah, and a coach is something like now you add that caveat there. I mean, I remember Ain't you ain't you interested? Like you got a new quarterback too, you got a new offensive system. I wanna say it was the back in the twenty thirteen, the Purdue Illinois game when like Oh my god Daryl Hazel <laughs> was in his first year having like I mean Wow scraped by winless Indiana State by a touchdown for his only win. Uh Beckman's Line had lost uh, nineteen or no twenty straight Big Ten games, and tickets were available for like thirty one cents. <laughs> Which I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised the ticket exchanges even let you do that. But uh, yeah, man. Oh, you know, as much fun as it is to poke at that kind of thing, you would assume that uh, LSU tickets would be pretty expensive, right? Yeah. How much do you think it would cost to see them host Georgia Southern also on Saturday night? Well, I mean, it is Saturday night, and they've got a large capacity, so I'm going to say maybe 25 bucks, $5. $5. Also yeah. $5 no holla. Uh, yeah. And Maryland is not the only team with tickets going as low as 2 bucks. Quick, biggest wins of Maryland's last five years. What team? Oh my god, Texas. $2! Texas is Louisiana Tech, too. Yeah, that's a frisky mid-major, man. That, Ooh, on know. the Longhorn Network, even. Yeah, so... And my, and my point here is, this is a function of attendance, is it not? Yeah. I bought, I bought t- four tickets for the MSU Maryland game, which is senior day. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I don't usually have anything to do for the entirety of that weekend, so I typically go, if it's at home, $6 a piece. Wait, like for this year? Yeah. You bought tickets for a game this year already? Thanksgiving. That's so weird to me. I don't think they're going to get cheaper than that. I mean, six dollars. And these <laughs> yeah, are not these were not bad tickets either. I'm just not used to ever worrying or caring about how expensive they are. Well, look. Granted, with Michigan State's home schedule, really the only game you would have to do that for would probably be Penn State, because um, otherwise it is just. Dragged. With my experience, I always like going there and being like, "Wait a minute, tickets are like I can't get tickets for under twenty bucks." And my initial reaction is, "What the hell?" But then I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, $20 tickets, hell yes! We might see like 50,000 people in here. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that may be different this year, though, because there is a market lack of enthusiasm. Dude, last year was fucking hard to watch. Um, yeah. So. Excited for that November 9th game? Oh, my God. So. Um, <laughs> so. Back to the matter. Illinois, games. yeah, and that, that game is Illinois, and that leads us back to Illinois and Akron. Everything comes back together in this podcast. It's all according to a design. Your thoughts, Illinois versus Akron? Well, I mean, our last two years have started off against teams that were picked last in the MAC, uh-huh. and we've needed a late uh, comeback to beat them. He's so, calling the win, folks. He can be saved. He's got yep. the optimism again. We're going to win this game. Clear we're eyes, to... full hearts. Can't watch the end of this because he's going to need antacids. Yeah, we're going to win this game, but we're going to... I, I, I wrote up a very detailed preview about how, like, 
you know, we're going to come out and move the ball, but then, like, like keep making mistakes in crucial moments, get, like, third down defensive penalties, have, like, a, a play where we've got ten guys on the field and Quan Martin bites way too hard on a play action and busted touchdown and the fans start booing the team. And then, uh... Did Akron fire Terry Bowden? Yeah. Okay. Or no, he might have retired. I don't know. They got a new dude. I think they fired him. You carry on. I'll do the thing where we did so. Fire. Yeah, we're always we're always looking on the whereabouts of mid major coaches, but yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, yeah he went because uh, he went four and eight last season. They fired his ass. Yeah, one season after he made the MAC title game. <laughs> well, uh, made the MAC title game. I mean, they were present. He he, he part- <laughs> They participated. Just like Michigan State made the playoff. We were there. So <laughs> so anyway, I mean. The fact that they returned four or five offensive linemen um, with a lot of starts under their belt is, is enough that I should feel confident. It, it'd be nice to see Illinois finally, for once, actually like run the ball in the first game of the season. Even last year when they established a running attack, they couldn't do that. Sounds dumb. Um, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about the defensive line not improving, um, and we won't really see anything... Uh, that indicates that here because I can't imagine Akron is going to compare to any of the Big Ten rushing attacks we're going to see. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we right, better I win this goddamn I'll, game. I won't say it. I'll be nice. If we if we lose <laughs> if we lose this game, we should absolutely fire our coach. I'm in being a fan of Michigan State. I am in no position to cast aspersions on the quality of other Big Ten rushing attacks because, man, I, you know, I choose to be optimistic because the guy who's replacing Chewins is. Theoretically, pretty good himself. AJR Curry, he's hardly played, but he looks the part. But Maybe like a shitty Mac rushing attack is not the same. Like a like like a shitty Michigan State running attack is just like oh they just kind of they they just kind of like hold their own there and then run into a non-existent hole for no gain. Whereas like a, a Mac offensive line doing a shitty rushing attack just gets like pushed back and collapsed onto the running back. You're giving Michigan State a little too much credit, but in any case, yeah. So should, shouldn't be seeing much of. Not much of a reason for worry, you don't think? I mean, outside of the fact that we the, just do the this general, every the goddamn right. year. The general, the general hovering ominous dread over Illinois athletics. I, I get that. I mean, That's the, the, the big thing that I'm hoping for is just just no injuries at cornerback because with Marcus yeah. Beeson down, our, uh, we've got two good starters, and then we've got uh, then we've got another another guy that's on scholarship, and then a guy that we added the week before training camp as our fourth guy. And then we've got walk-ons. How about, well, I'll, I'll trade you Josh Butler for one of them big boys. Which, it's gotta be a tackle-shaped big boy. Well, the question, would you like him to be illegally downfield blocking every other play? Does he get any push in the run game? Yes. I'll allow it. We commit we committed a fuck ton of penalties anyway. We already got a guy who specializes in penalizing and false starting from goal to go. He's our starting right tackle. So Anyway, I'm eager to see we've completely reoriented a lot of our skilled position personnel in this daring attempt to pass the ball. So I am interested to see how this philosophy passes. I've heard a lot about this forward pass thing. I frankly think that it's still kind of witchcraft and like I think that it's just some new age bullshit that we shouldn't really be attempting but you know that's what you know in rod we trust i guess we're going to attempt to throw the ball bold strategy speaking of ball uh their state is hosting the indiana hoosiers 
Uh, well, thirty-two bucks is where tickets are going for because that one in is state. in Lucas yeah. Oil Stadium. In state, probably not gonna. I haven't heard much about Ball State being projected to win the MAC. Yes, no, no. So, I mean, well, their boy Riley Neal transferred quarterback. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know. They they were a dumpster fire two years ago, and I just don't know that. It's one of those things where they were probably in such a bad situation that you can't really separate the noise and you don't know how good their coach is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, right. And, you know, Indiana made kind of the surprising decision to uh, start swinging their Penix around. It's a Make the quarterback switch, going away from a multi-year starter in Peyton Ramsey, who was not great, but he, for the most part, wasn't that bad. So I give Tom Allen a lot of credit for having the chutzpah to make that decision. They've got pretty good skill position guys around him, other than Luke Timmy, and just about everybody else is back. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember what we said about their offensive line. We talked about that a long time ago. But honestly, if some things work out for him defensively, maybe Indiana raises their ceiling a little bit by making this quarterback switch. I mean, I think they knew what Ramsey was, and you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Iowa making the decision to go to Bethard when they had Jake Rudock. Yes. you. It was out of character for the head coach. You never would have seen it coming, but he saw a higher ceiling, younger guy, and he opted to go with him. That's, that's what this makes me think of. So I just said a hopeful thing about Indiana football. It's a whole new season, man. Everybody's 0-0. Zero zero. You don't even play Ohio State in the first week of the season. Everything's coming up, Hoosiers. So Ball State, Mike New is the coach. Okay. And he's had about, he's had basically Lovey Smith's uh, tenure so far. Coaching a damn Super Bowl? Well, I mean, he's had Lovey Smith's Illinois tenure at Ball State. He did actually coach Drew Brees for two seasons. Hey. As Saints quarterback coach, so but he was also the coach magic. of the New Orleans Voodoo for five years. That, oh boy. Eastern that? Division of the American Conference of the Arena Football League. Carolina Cobras, Augusta Stallions, Nashville Cats with a K. So was Well-traveled. That, was that after he coached Drew Brees or before? No, that was before. That was before. No, he coached, right, he coached, okay, okay, okay. He coached <laughs> like a 36, 37-year-old Drew Brees. So like 10 years ago. All right. So Because so, if it had been like... Oh, yeah, man, he coached Drew Brees back in, like, 2007, 2008. Then he was kind of kicking around in the arena league for, like, six years. And then Ball State was like, hey, that guy knows Drew Brees. Let's give him a call and see how this goes. It would be, I mean, not that, again, not that, not that that would be the dumbest thing we've ever heard of an athletic director doing for hiring a coach, Bowling Green. Um, but, but for a second there, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure which direction his association with Drew Brees was relative to the time with the voodoo. Um, that's and, and a, that's just because I order. love arena football team Yeah, that's names, a Okay, 
So, professional coaching career, okay, I'm seeing lost to Tennessee Valley Vipers in semifinals, lost to Indiana Firebirds in wildcard round, lost to Arizona Rattlers, lost to Colorado Crush in the quarterfinals. Ooh, unfortunately, I do not believe that he had any high-profile games against any teams that were called the Extreme. And you know that you have to have a team that's called the Extreme if you're going to have, like, a... Like a very borderline pro sports league. The Extreme, the Express, yeah. Something that starts with just the letter X. Leave that E off. Nobody needs to see that shit. Let us know how extreme you are. Put the X right up front. So that's um, all which is to say, you know, Ball State hired a guy who uh, who knows well, actually who, a former Ball State quarterback. But. Who, oh, well, so that's the connection. I was going to say, yeah. how on one, earth did one, they make three this? three games... Uh, in the MAC last year, so maybe putting together a, a program. So he could be a verifiable maybe. John Bonamego. <laughs> just to say he'll have one decent season, and then it turns out he's actually just kind of shitty, and that's as much as he built for. Don't worry about there, this. There's one a lot. You got this one in the. Bank. You know, there's actually a lot of like in the in the era of Toledo and that NIU never seeming to go away, and then Lance Leopold. There's actually a lot of coaches that have just been kicking around the dregs of the MAC. To where, well, and Frank Solich is the other is the other bastion yeah. of yeah. pretty consistent nine wins. Um, there's a bunch of these MAC teams that have had coaches where it's like you can't tell if they're any good or not. I mean, you can tell Chris Creighton's good, but you can't tell if they're trying. At Eastern Michigan, they're not around. If you mean like around him, they're not. Yeah, he's they're trying. Not. He's yeah. he's going to be a huge success. Honestly, a program like Rutgers could do a lot worse than hiring him. Um, uh, got a he's already deal. shown he can win in games involving Rutgers. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like uh, Western Michigan's coach, it's hard to tell if he's any good. Yeah, um, it's well, hard we'll, to... see, we'll see because he's about to run out of uh, yeah. flex, he's about to run out of flex talent. So, Miami of Ohio has a coach that seems to be pretty decent, but can't really convince anybody else of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit going on in the MAC right now. Yeah, but none of it is weird enough to upset um, to upset or repel the Penix. Uh, and so I have Indiana with this one. Yeah, um, winning pretty comfortably, I think. Winning comfortably, yeah. Howard at Maryland, FCS opponent, should not be a problem. $2 tickets. Get your get your tickets, Maryland fans. Show up for this game. Um, Going to be interesting to see what the new offense looks like. New quarterback, Josh Jackson. Lost the top receiver in Deshaun Jones. Um, the last Oof. Jacobs brother is also gone. Wide receiver is going to be an adventure. Also, defensive line is an adventure. If you have any injuries at either of those spots, it's going to be a problem. So if you're Maryland fans, you're basically... Hoping that none of the guys in those two groups get hurt, that you can ride your still decent offensive line, should still be a pretty good group, a lot of talent still left there even with last year's departures, and a pretty solid combat combo of running backs in McFarland and Leak. Ride those guys to the victory, and uh, don't put any of your thin groups in harm's way, and you should be okay. Rolling on down into the afternoon slate of games, Penn State hosting Idaho. Uh, that's a FCS Idaho and Paul Petrino. Still there for some reason, yeah. Although, what are they going to do? Fire him? Pay somebody else? They ain't got the kind of money, man. You seen their, you seen their building? I have, because I had a former roommate who liked to play Idaho on the NCAA football game. The Kibbe Dome is, the ma- Kibbe Dome. is majestic when you get it. It took him like 10 seasons to get like the home, I think it's like home field or crowd noise or whatever they call it. From yes. like From F, from a straight F. To like a C plus. Did he <laughs> ever get into guy. the top twenty five toughest places to play? I, I don't recall if he did. I'm pretty sure he did because you know after you've won like eleven consecutive national titles at Idaho, the game gives you some credit, even if like I don't know, we won't go down that wormhole. But 
Idaho Penn State, nothing to see here. Going to be a nice, easy test run for a new quarterback for Penn State as well. The big game of this week, at least the one between the highest profile teams, Northwestern going to Stanford. Any chance that August slash September Northwestern does not show up and their actual good team plays in this game, or is it just going to be miserable? Well, August Northwestern is competent, as we saw last year. They they beat Purdue. Um, well, Purdue beat... Purdue. They had a lot of help from Purdue. They were on the field when Purdue lost. Yes. Um, so, like, September... Like, this is August Northwestern, so it's, it's hard to know what to make of them. You see Fitzgerald refuses to name a starting quarterback. Oh, boy, Pat. You're so coy. Yeah. Yeah, he's really getting that big advantage in game planning between the one quarterback who's not going to run much and will throw a lot of short passes and the much more talented transfer quarterback who will throw still lots of short passes because that's what they do, but can also probably hit some longer ones because he's a former five-star top 10 recruit in the country. So, we'll see how that game goes. It's actually, I mean, the good thing about doing this Western Coast or this West Coast time zone game is they at least scheduled it for four o'clock so they didn't make the dumb mistake Michigan State did last year when oh yeah we'll start in the evening your time that'll go fine for us Ooh, we'll be boy. playing we'll be playing until three in the morning <laughs> so yeah Northwestern versus Northwestern at the third I'm gonna give it to the third just because yeah. first game for a new quarterback yeah. don't care what he's rated yeah first game for a new quarterback it's and it's the kind of game that you just think that, they, that, that Pat Fitzgerald tends to lose. Uh, because Stanford, if Stanford were like ranked in the top 10, I'd say Northwestern for sure. I'd bet bet my house on it. I don't know about that. Um, but because it's perceived to be like sort of even, I mean, Northwestern's probably Northwestern's also receiving votes. definitely receiving votes, I would think. So because because it's like that, I'd say give the edge to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Northwestern does have a lot of their skill guys back, but the problem is the quarterback is the piece that's missing, and that's the thing you need... For that synergy to matter. Middle Tennessee at Michigan. Um, yeah, let's hear another week of Michigan fan crowing about how the offense is going to be super sweet. Let's get that September Heisman campaign fired up right on time. Um, they're going to squish this powerless Conference USA team. They're probably going to pitch a shutout. And then we're going to hear about how Don Brown is once again a genius. Because um, now, oh, if, if they pitch a shutout in this one, over the last three games they've played, They'll only have given up an average of about 33, 34 points a game. And that's right in line with modern college football. So that's what we're going to see. Just remember, as good as you look this week, Army's going to make you look like complete shit next week, even if you win. Don't get used to that feeling. Last game, you mentioned the hottest ticket of the week. Um, Chemical Miami visiting Iowa. Night game in Kinnick Stadium, Saturday night of Labor Day weekend. Ooh, they, spooky. They should you know, it's yeah, so spooky. Anything I think, yeah, anything could happen here. Well, I mean, anything that involves Iowa winning this game by, like, I don't know, with as, as low a combined score as possible. Yeah, presumably. probably still by about 18 to 20 points. I guess, and I, let me check and make sure I'm not speaking out of turn here. Oh, no. I thought Alaska was next week. Iowa has to think ahead to Rutgers next week. So oh yeah, you don't want to talk get about if you want to talk about overlooking an opponent. That's a big time trap game. Getting prepped for the hot for uh, activated my trap card. So um, outside of that, we've got some ACC conference action. All Pass. of the games of which are terrible. Pass. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, you've have, you have Missouri traveling to War Memorial Stadium 
I just saw. I hope there's a blizzard. That's all. <laughs> just yeah. give me give me the Labor Day blizzard because it'll ha- it'll happen there in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. You know that in 1962, the Missouri Tigers played every single game in the regular season at Memorial Stadium. Not at the same Memorial Stadium, right. but every single yeah. regular season game was so at Memorial. Played, so they played at Illinois, California Illinois, Memorial Stadium. Cal, Not Nebraska. even Illinois. Huh. Uh, at Minnesota, playing in a Memorial Stadium uh, against against Arizona at their own Memorial Stadium. Went to Kansas State's Memorial Stadium <laughs> at home for two more games. And there's at Nebraska's Memorial Stadium, back home. And then at Oklahoma to Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Um, and finally... They got uh, they got the Blue Bonnet Bowl against Rice or no against Georgia Tech in Rice Stadium. Oh yeah, every single one of the Dan Devine was their head coach. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of Memorial Stadiums going on. One of the Memorial Stadiums will see Kansas attempt. Not to... anymore. A lot of those have been renamed. Well, a lot of those, yes, uh, renamed or replaced, but. One of the Memorial Stadiums will see Kansas attempt to defeat an FCS team for the first time since... Uh, 2017? 2016? They, they, they lost uh, in overtime last year. Yeah. Um, coaching debut for Les Miles, which we're all excited about. Um, coaching debut for Kansas, anyway. Kansas, Les Miles. Right, um, right, right. Okay, nope. They did beat... 2017 Kansas did beat Southeast Missouri State... Which I actually just just from a bunch of coaching search threads happen to know is extremely not trying. Semo, yeah, no, not so. Um, that was on Jayhawk TV. What's Jayhawk TV? Net? Wait, what? Oh, Spectrum Sports Kansas City. That's what's up. So, um, as for everything else, that's I don't think we're gonna get that game here, man. How are we gonna watch that? Shit! Fuck! This weekend is ruined. Shit! Shut it down. It's uh, everything's canceled. So we got. Um, among the more appetizing things, we have uh, Toledo at Kentucky. Um, Toledo, often an unstoppable force of nature for a MAC team. Yeah. Uh, Got to uh, see him coming up short here, but Ole Miss at Memphis, <clears throat> that could be another story. Uh, this is going to be a fight. There's going to be yeah. a fight. There's going to be a fight. <clears throat> There's going to be several fights. Uh, they're not all going to be on the field either. No, most of them won't be off the field. I mean, it. They never do us the justice of panning to the fights that are happening in the stands. We know there are going to be fights happening in the stands here. Um, uh, well, but speaking of fights, how about Week 1 Holy War? Yeah, Week 1 Holy War, um, I'm pretty excited about that one. I don't know the history of when that match is, matchup has traditionally been scheduled, but I feel like it has not been ever, I don't think it's ever been to open the season. Yeah. Um, West Virginia takes on James Madison. That's yeah. one of those ones that you just always... One of those names that you remember. Wait a minute! Didn't they, hey, hold uh, on! Yeah, yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they get someone one time? Well, they tagged Vot Tech, but you can think that about any Group of Five team slash FCS power on the East Coast. That at some point they've beaten Virginia Tech. F- well, that's a yeah, that's an FCS power. Speaking of which, Eastern Washington at Washington, but since that's not Washington State, probably yeah, yeah probably not. Duke versus Alabama. Pass. <laughs> um, which I mean. You can try to pass your way around Alabama, I mean, but, you know. South Carolina is going to uh, stomp on Mac Brown. That's going to be funny. Or would it be funnier if Mac Brown... Oh, it'd be way beat, funnier beats if the Mac shit Brown beat... out of Will Muschamp yeah. in his first game. That would act... With an absolute... Oh, that's right! Will a... Muschamp was the head coach in waiting... For Mac Brown. For Mac Brown at Texas. That's There's some intrigue on that one. 
I guess, man. Intrigue might be a little bit of a stretch for that. North, yeah. North Carolina is starting a true freshman. South Carolina is not good, but they're still an SEC defense. I don't think it's going to go well. Um, Boise State versus Florida State. And, man, was I ever so interested to see what Alex Hornerbrook's Florida State career was going to end up being. Turns out he's going to be holding the hell out of a clipboard. Well, as long as he hands off that clipboard, good stuff. Uh, Georgia at Vanderbilt is apparently 69% Georgia fans so far for the tickets. Nice. Um, we're very disappointed at how poorly they're <clears throat> representing. Uh, and the big game, really. Um, well, I also want to mention that Fresno State at USC yeah, no, is on. one of those. There's a couple. Yeah, Fresno State, USC, because um, as of, <laughs> what, what record do you think Clay Helton has to get to to save his job? I mean... He wins fewer than, like, nine games, I would think. You think he's going to win this one? (laughs) I can't say for sure. Strike one. So, (laughs) that'll be interesting to keep an eye on, if only because... Is there any chance that Urban Meyer isn't coaching there at the end of this season? (laughs) None. Any chance? No. Um, Unless Notre Dame fires Brian Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, and then the big one is Oregon versus Auburn. Oh, but sir, you undersell Houston... At Oklahoma. Oh, see, I was saving that one because that one is in September. That's all the way next month. Ah, oh, it's an eternity way. Yeah, no point talking about that. So, yeah, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Um, in the Jerry World sterile classic, Oregon and Auburn, yeah. Oregon, I've seen get some potential love as a playoff crasher. If there's going to be a team from the Pac-12, it's either them or Washington, most likely. Did you see, by the way, Washington is now perilously thin in their Jacob depth at quarterback. Oh, did... Uh... Haney transferred. Oh no! So they're only, they're only how many? Oh, and Browning left, so they're only one Jacob for Washington. They were rolling three jigs deep. Now they're down to it's a single Jake world. Does building. Jake Heaps have any eligibility left? <laughs> God, probably somehow. Yeah, I'm sure he's he's probably yeah he's like an eighth year redshirt senior at uh, uh, we'll say Liberty. It's something. Heaps is a really funny last name. Let's. I mean, I mean, I just wish that, like, I don't know, Jake Heaps versus John O'Corn would have been one of the... Like, Heaps O'Corn! <laughs> <laughs> so, that would have been about, about the best breakfast cereal quarterback matchup that uh, that I could have found. I You know, I circle back to Corn Pops once in a while, and it always... I, Gotta like, have my pops! When I first have them, I'm like, these aren't bad! Why did I stop eating these? And I get, like, two bowls in, I'm like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, two bowls in, as in, like, your second bowl of the day? Like second bowl period, whether it's back to back or not, I'm like it's just this. It's like when I try to eat total once in a while. Like this is supposed to be the healthiest thing on the planet. If I just force myself to eat it, maybe I can just drink all the beer I want, and then I put it in my mouth. And I'm like, I would rather eat a piece of a carpet. This is awful. I hate being old. I hate I hate being mortal. Why can't I just do whatever I want whenever I want? Don't talk shit about total. So Oregon and Auburn on the field should be quite interesting. I mean. We talked about Clay Helton being on the hot seat. What about Gus Malzahn? Right? Gus Malzahn's always on the hot seat. They're always, they're desperate to fire him. I guess. And it, like he seems to have taken over that position from Les Miles since he was fired. Like, there's always got to yeah. be somebody. Well, he got Les Miles fired. That yeah. Was, remember, that was that game where he it's like, caught it. He oh. caught it from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, so whenever Gus Malzahn gets, wait a minute. If Gus Malzahn gets fired after the Iron Bowl. Saban comes out of then the hot Saban seat. Then Saban will catch hot seatitis. How could that even happen? I, I know how it could happen is if he's lost a game that somehow puts him out of the playoff after getting demolished by Clemson, and then like he loses a bowl game like like one of those ones where they were expected to compete for the national title and then they didn't, and then he's yeah. got like a flat bowl game performance. 
Then it's like, you know, remember how Urban Meyer had that two-game losing streak at the end of 2013, and it was like, oh, he's got a two-game losing streak. And, you know, and then and it's only crazy people. Right. right. Yeah. But considering that they always want to fire Les Miles and Gus Malzahn, is Nick Saban that much of a stretch? If he's not winning national titles? He's, but he's got, like, an infinity gauntlet of championship rings. I mean, that's the difference. Like, Les Miles never, he got one title, and it was a while ago. Malzahn's got one. Well, not he as was a head the, he coach. He was as the coordinator. Yeah. So. But he also made it back to, I mean, he he, he damn near had another one as the head coach. Okay, well, I'll put it this way. The, you pushed me to this, so I'm, I'm just going to say it. The only way that that becomes reality is if Dabo signals to the appropriate Bama boosters that, yeah, if you fire him, I will come right now. Yep. Yeah, the darkest timeline, everyone. We are back in the college football season. Eat at Arby's. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire!